This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast that takes a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we preview the rowing program's spring season with head coach Peter Steenstra. Plus, a look back at another historic NCAA championships for Bates swimmers. All that and much more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. Bates men's swimmers made history last week at the NCAA championships, matching the program's best finish ever with a 14th place showing. Senior captain, now 10-time All-American, and our male Bobcat of the Week, Nathan Barry, finished second in the 50-yard freestyle, the best finish ever by a member of the Bates men's swimming and diving program at NCAAs. Plus, he was part of the first and second top eight men's relay teams in the history of the program, with a 200-yard medley relay placing sixth and the 200-yard freestyle relay finishing seventh. First year, Max Corey was a key part of those record-breaking relays, and he and Barry joined the Bobcast to look back on NCAAs. Well, we got a senior and first year joining us here on the Bobcast to talk about the NCAA championship this past week. We've got Nathan Barry and Max Corey. And uh, first of all, you guys were both part of some historic relays uh, this past weekend, the first ever top eight relays in Bates men's swimming history. So, I mean, Nathan's a senior, you know, looking to leave a legacy. What does that mean to you to, you know, be part of something special like that? Yeah, it's it's just spectacular. I like to bring up the perspective as much as I can, um, you know, because like Max and all these first years that were there, they weren't there for the last three years when we were trying to, you know, giving everything the entire team was to qualify a relay to nationals. And, you know, the, the past three years, and we just missed it last year. So, like, the fact that we were able to qualify any relays was a feat in itself this year, um, let alone be able to swim all five that exist, let alone score in three and get top eight in two, which had never been done before. So, um, you know, I, I try to remind people of that, um, you know, no matter what good happens, what bad happens, that's just a, a spectacular feat that we were able to be a part of. And so I think going forward, you know, we got a great freshman class coming in next year, even though I won't be here. Max, Nate Pierce, Marich, those three who've been to nationals now are going to be able to take the reins a little bit, hopefully keep it going. And, uh, you know, I don't know if Max has any thoughts about this from his end, but from my end, it's just like, I couldn't be happier. And I, and I'm very confident that it'll be awesome going forward. Yeah, Max, I mean, this is supposed to be difficult, but you're right away debuting in, in some top eights. But tell us about your experience there at Nationals, your first trip. It was a really fun time. Um, basically, it was amazing. It was the best pool I've ever swum in by far. It was huge. Teams from all over. We met some some dudes from Pomona, which is in California, which is pretty cool. Um, just connecting with all these different teams. Um, I just had a really great time sending off the senior class, right? It's, it's Nate's last swim, Nate Sommer's last swim, Ed's last swim. Uh, Marco too. It's just, it was so fun being able to be there with them and knowing this is the last time I'm going to swim with them. It was a, it was a really big moment. It was a lot of fun. Great. And then Nathan, obviously you got to compete in some individual events as well. In fact, you were 
national runner-up in the 50 free. I know the 50 free, um, it's 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 there and gone in a, in a, in a snap of the fingers. But what was that experience like to you know take second in the country there? Uh, second in the country is pretty good. That's uh, <laughs> you, you can't get much more than that. Um, so that's I mean to from last year when I got sixth in the 50 free, that was you know a pretty historic moment in itself. You know best uh male swimmer finish um and so to get second was just first would have been even cooler but you know there's just there's nothing i can do about it you know he went like 19.4 or something there's nothing i can do about that um but i you know i swam my race i did uh as well as i think i could have in that moment uh if i had some more time to perfect things i know i could go faster but that's you know i'm i'm trying my best not to think about that at the moment so i'm just like what happened happened and it was you know enjoy what happened as much as i can um second place is it's it's definitely definitely a little bit of a trip for sure to to be able to have the honor of representing bates upon that podium um everyone on the around the country and everyone on the pool deck kind of noticing hey there's that bates guy again maybe bates is good you know maybe maybe they're like national contenders you know in a couple of years maybe we Maybe I should think about going to Bates if I'm, you know, 17. Maybe I should think about going there and maybe they can catapult my career the same way that, uh, you know, Barry came in with a 50 point whatever in the 100 back. And now he's a 46.8. Maybe the same thing can happen to me. Well, I was going to say that 100 back. I mean, it took an NCAA record to win it this year. <laughs> and that must have been an incredibly fast race, right? Yeah. Uh, well, a little too fast. Um, I, <laughs> I, I was telling coach, I was like, I think I would have gone faster if I didn't try to win. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Cause you know, this in hindsight, if I had known that the guy beside me was going to go 45, seven or whatever he went, I would not have tried to go out with him. But you know, in, in the ready room, I'm back there. I'm like, you know, base has never had a national champion in swimming before. This is my shot. This is my race. I'm going to try to win it. And I know I have to be out. You know, I'm, I'm thinking this guy's going to go like 46, three, and I'm like, okay, I can go 46-3, so I'm going to have to be out with him 22-0. Turns out he was out 21-8. So I was also out 21-8, and then I could not hang on like he could. So um, just, like, dropped a little bit there. But um, so, you know, 47-0, still, uh, still a great swim, top five. Can't complain too much. Yeah. Max, I'm curious, you know, you know, you're part of the relays and everything, but what was it like to watch Barry there compete in the individual events? I mean, give you some inspiration going forward, kind of? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The whole the whole um, thing in my mind while he was swimming the 50. OK, Barry went to 197. That's that's what I have four years to beat. Right. Because um, <laughs> I'm I'm kicking him off the record boards eventually. I promise. Um, I, I, I can't wait for next year to see uh, how we're going to do. Um, individually, I missed my individual cuts by 0.02 seconds and 0.03 seconds in my two favorite events. So that was, that was rough and I'm not going to let it happen again next year. So I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm getting on that podium, but I, I will have, I will have my individual race next year. I, I promise that. Yeah, to follow up on that, I mean, how fun is it, you know, to be competing not only against other schools, but also, you know, friendly competition amongst yourselves, right? In terms of those times. Oh yeah. I, I love racing Barry. I love racing Marco and Pierce. It's just a lot of fun. Barry was 19-7 on his flat start. I was 19-7 on my relay start. <laughs> so there's clearly still some 
some room to grow before I'm I'm with him. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be real sad not having him to race when he's gone next year. Well, and then Nathan, I'm curious, do you hope he kicks you off the leaderboard at some point in base history? <laughs> I would be honored for yeah. Max to take my I told him this before. He was, you know, he Max likes to, you know, just talk it like like he's doing right now. He loves to just like talk <laughs> so fast, like, you know, I'm I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this, I promise. Um, so before the four free relay, he was like Bear, I'm going to go 43. I'm going to take your record. And I was like, do it, do it right now. Like my last race, I would love for you to like, like, don't worry about it. I'm going to go even faster on my split, but you, you, yeah, you take that. Um, So like, you know, everyone knows Max is fast. Um, But if I can kind of brag about him for a second here, just like outside of just the, the times that he does, this is what makes me really proud of, of guys like Max on our team after the first meet that we had way back, you know, October, the first meet against Wesleyan, he comes back and he's been, you know, top 10, 50 free all time. His first meet as a freshman and comes into the pool deck. Um, coach is like, Hey, you know, congrats on your top 10 finish. And he's like, Oh, thanks coach. You know, whatever. And then coach is like, Oh, Oh, what was that? What was your really split? I wonder if that really splits top 10 all time. So pulls out his phone and Max, instead of saying, Oh yeah, it is. You know, I looked at it or, or, you know, like, Oh, I, I wonder, Oh, that'd be really cool. He goes, Oh, check out Kyler's hundred breasts too. You know, Kyler was like a 59 one. See if he's top 10 like, while you're on there. So it's, it's like that kind of stuff that it's like, if, if he was really fast, but I hated him, then I'd be like, no, I don't want him to take my spot. I, I, I like my record, but Max Corey, Man, I, I would be honored to have him take my record and catapult this program to the next level. Excellent. And then, Max, did you get some texts or calls from your from your older brother there about the NCAAs? You know, I actually didn't. I didn't get a single text from Peter. And I'm hoping my mom or my dad is going to listen to this podcast and they're going to call him and they're going to just lay into him. <laughs> he let me down. No support. <laughs> no, no. It was unreal. My my two other siblings were texting me. They were calling me, Max, oh, my goodness. I had so much fun watching you. Peter just radio silent. So I hope he hears this and he he feels bad about it. I'm sure Peter's a loyal listener. He was a guest on the Bobcats a few times. <laughs> <laughs> sure he'll hear it. But, um, I mean, just in general, Nathan, I mean, 14th for the men, matching the best finish ever. But – you got to be excited because, I mean, just as a soon-to-be alum of the program to see that there's potential for possible top 10 down the road, I'm sure, right? Yeah, um, 100%. I mean, so I, I get annoyed sometimes because people don't always, like, look at the the stats that I think are the coolest. Okay. Um, so people are like, oh, yeah, like, we matched the, the 14th. That was, like, the best time. But we scored over twice as many points as they did. Like, they had awesome swimmers in 2018, not to take anything away from them. Um but like it's it's really exciting that we not only did what we did in 2018 but we scored twice as many points we've never had a relay in the top eight obviously we've never had any swimmer be top eight prior to last year um we i think we had one in like 1998 that was the, the only top eight swimmer we had and uh you get a like a wooden trophy on the podium if you get top eight and this year people on our team got handed 11 trophies. 11 top eight trophies were given to guys on this team. And every single male that came, all eight, are coming back all Americans. Mm -hmm. So um, it's, it, you know, it's not like, 
oh, we are as good as we were five years ago. It's like we are looking to to really break some new ground next year. Um, you know, we'll, the senior class is amazing, but and we'll be gone. But Max's class, two classes above him, and the one that's coming in next is is really giving us something to be excited about. And I'll be I'll be checking in, uh, seeing the results next year. Yeah, Max, I'm curious. You know, the first year class, as we mentioned, Marich and and Nate Pierce were there along with you. So, what's this group like? The the first years and uh, um, how much are you looking forward? To, sounds like a lot to coming back next season and running it back, right? Um, yeah, we've got a we've got a a really big freshman class. Um, nine guys, I think, and that's bigger than than Barry's class, which was I thought was huge. Um, and all of them are just quick. They're motivated. They're ready to come back next year and absolutely demolish some records. And I can't wait. Um, I've also been doing a lot of uh, a lot of research on the recruits coming in next year for next year's class. They're also great. They're swimming super well. I can't wait to meet them. Can't wait to to have another season. Yeah, I'm just really excited about it. So doing some research already on the next year class. Nice. Um, oh yeah. Look at the times and everything. I assume. Oh yeah. There's this John kid coming in. John. He's like just as quick as me. Okay. And he's he's going to be on that relay, and he's going to kill it. I know he's going to kill it. I'm super excited for him to get here. Nice. Uh, Nathan, just today it was announced you're academic All-America um, for your achievements in the class. I know you're doing honors thesis. Uh, I, I, I'm sure the uh, trip to NCAAs maybe <laughs> put you a little bit um, trying to get that done. But how's that going in terms of – and what does that mean to be an academic All-American also? It's awesome. They're, they have so many, like, different awards that have very similar names. You know, they have Scholar All-America. This is a big yeah. one. This is a big yeah, one. <laughs> and this is like, I didn't, I didn't really realize it when I saw the email. I was like, oh, this is, you know, I got Scholar All-American, I think, or something. I was like, oh, wait, this is, well, this is kind of a big deal. This is cool. Um, You know, just announced like a couple hours ago in my email. So, but it, it's, it's great. And that's the cool thing about like Bates too, is that it's not just, you know, if, if I went to some NC State or Tennessee, like they're great schools, but the focus would be swimming. But here it's like, swimming and academics are both really like intertwined and what am I going to care about next year when I'm like looking for a job it's going to be were you able to excel in the pool and academically as well like were you able to focus on these things um, simultaneously not just one thing for four years and then kind of move on um, so that's that's yeah. I'm really really excited about that and, and honored to be I think what the the first first person in the program to get that swim and dive program. But yeah, how is that honors thesis? It's a little bit of a time crunch. Like you yeah. said, uh, Mount David is in like a week and a half and one of those weeks is break and it's not ready yet. So I'm going to have a lot <laughs> to do. Um, but my advisor is like super awesome. He's like working with me over break. Like he's, he's going home visiting with like his family and everything. He's like, I'm going to schedule a zoom meeting with Nathan at, you know, 3 p.m. So we can talk about the progress he's made and like talk about the analyses and like all the stuff he's doing like so much to to help support me. And he's like, while you're gone at NCAAs, I don't want you thinking about these data. I don't want you thinking about this project or writing anything. Go be awesome. Come back and then and then we'll do it. Um, so it's it's like, you know, again, a good balance. Um, it is a time crunch, but it will get done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very confident. I'm sure we'll be covering Mount David, of course, as well. Um, Max, I'm, I'm just curious, you know, as you know, in your overall experience, kind of your first year in the program, what are some thoughts on how it's gone? You know, did it meet expectations, exceed expectations, stuff like that, I guess. 
Yeah, I'd say it, it, it exceeded my expectations. I had a really incredible time. Um, and I'd say that's almost all due to the, the captains this year and the senior class this year. They were just so incredible. And it's going to be really, really tough to lose them next year. Um, but, yeah, I got a lot faster. I had a ton of fun. Um, I'm doing some new events. I didn't really dabble in the two free that much prior to this year. But now, now that's the only thing Peter wants me to do. Makes me sad. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I, I think next year is going to be even better. But, yeah, I couldn't have asked for anything more this year. It was a really great time. Great. Well, I guess, yeah, Nathan, just any other thoughts you wanted to share before we uh, sign off here and let you get back to that honors thesis? <laughs> <laughs> just how incredibly proud I am to to have been a part of this program for four years. And um, I, I hope the legacy that we leave this year, and like Max said, we try to, you know, have good leadership and, and do all this stuff and encourage teammates. And uh, I hope that that stuff really continues because it's not a given to have all that support. I've been on teams where it hasn't been there. I've seen teams where it hasn't been there. And we're very lucky to have it here. So that continuing uh, is going to be a catalyst to Bates doing great things in the future. And I cannot wait to look back in 10 years after I'm you know gone and I'm working somewhere boring, look back and see all the exciting things that that Max Corey and his senior year left to the program. Excellent. Nathan Berry, Max Corey, All-Americans, um, two of many for the base uh, swimming and diving program uh, last week. Uh, thanks for joining us on the Bobcast. Really appreciate it. The women's swimming team also shined at NCAAs, finishing 20th in the nation. The eighth straight year, the Bates women have finished in the top 20. Senior captain Abigail Gibbons swam season best in every event, earning three more All-America honors, giving her nine for her career. And she is our female Bobcat of the week. Well, Abigail, you know, being a senior captain for the Bobcats, just kind of maybe just to start, reflect on the season you just completed, obviously, at NCAAs, the women, another top 20 finish. What were kind of your general thoughts on how the year went? Yeah, so for myself, it started off a little differently as I had some health issues. But um, overall, like looking at the team, they looked strong, they looked hungry, and they looked ready to swim. And going into NESCACs, like we definitely worked hard going into NESCACs. We worked hard at the training trip and you could see that they were ready to do it and they swam hard and they went fast. And then a lot of us made it to national seven of us and for the women's side. And we all swam very fast and I was very proud to see how everything finished out. And especially as I didn't like assume, I didn't think that the way that my season started was going to start. And I was happy to see how it ended with having the people. Yeah, I was going to say, um, Peter mentioned that you swam season best uh, in every event there at NCAA. So um, do, do you feel back to almost, you know, peak form, if you will? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I kind of thought that having an extra month would kind of put me back to where I needed to be. And it definitely did. Um, I, as you said, I went season best in every single event. I did go one lifetime best in the relay, which I was excited about. Excellent. Yeah. Tell us about the relays. Obviously, they came together at multiple All-America honors for the team. Yeah, so we came into the meet and we were a little right outside of that All-America honors to begin with. So we knew that we were going to have to work very like very hard to get to where we needed to be. And we all put ourselves together and put the relay together and we swam as fast as we could. And it ended up working out really well. Our medley relays absolutely killed it. And our two free relay also killed it. Um, and the two medley, I just love our medley relays and our two freestyle relays. That's the only three I'm on, but I love being on them and they're great people. So, 
Excellent. And then, I mean, what is it like to have a such a large contingent overall, right? I think 15 combined men and women, the largest ever for Bates. What was that like? It was amazing. So uh, I went last year and that was also the last year was our largest. And then this year, obviously, we topped that. But it was amazing to have um, a lot of guys there, too. And I think they bring a different energy, which is fun. Um, obviously having the woman is always great. And a lot of them were there last year and we had some freshmen come and that was always, it's a, it's a great time that the people that are going just are want to be there and are hungry to be there. And it, they brought a lot of energy to the pool deck and it was very exciting to be there with them. So. Great. And then for you personally, I mean, your journey this year, you touched on it, you know, not starting off how you wanted, but I mean, to finish so strong, what does that mean to you or have you got a chance to kind of reflect on it? Yeah. Um, so obviously I'm upset if that was my last meet, but I was so happy and proud of myself for how I did finish off the meet and how I finished off my swim career. Um, I don't think I'd change anything going back through that season. I did what I could and I, and I made it through and I had the support of my coaches and the athletic trainers and my team behind me the whole time. And I was, I was kind of astonished that I went the times that I did end up going at the end of the meet. And I definitely would not have changed with who I was with or anything like that. And um, I mean, yeah, going lifetime best is always a good time. And going season time, season best is also a great thing. Like it's hard to do that, especially when you're at an older age. So it was fun to be there and it was fun to watch everyone else go season best and lifetime best too. That was amazing. So you're a biochemistry major, right? And you're obviously a senior. So what's what's next for you in terms of that? Um. So I am looking to apply to med school and and or PA school because the PA doesn't require the GRE anymore for this year at least but I'm looking to apply to healthcare consulting in between um so that I can make some money and support myself through med school <laughs> that makes sense right yeah <laughs> has your career goal always been a doc to be a doctor yeah I've always wanted to be a doctor since I was like literally since I can remember and I've just kind of I've always been amazed by it and it's just the one thing that intrigues me at all times so I've always wanted to do it and I can say that I want to keep doing it. Great. So during your time at Bates, what's been like maybe one of your top favorite classes you've taken here? Oh, that's hard. Um, probably I'd say mechanisms of memory. It's um like a biochem neuroscience class. It's kind of got it all. And it's really interesting. It explores the um like the prospects of Alzheimer's and dementia and how it like works biochemically in your body. So I thought that was really interesting because it's not like a class that I would think that I would be taking because it was more neuroscience. Um, but it was really interesting. It was taught by Andrew Kennedy. Um, and I felt like he dived really deep into it. And I was always interested. I was taking these crazy, intriguing notes. And I sometimes didn't understand half of it. But reading through it now is like, it still amazes me that like I was able to learn what I was learning. Great. What are your thoughts you wanted to share about NCAAs we haven't gone to talk about or your time at base we haven't gone to mention yet? Yeah, um, maybe just for people next year, I guess I would say just like keep going and keep doing what you what they're good at doing and trust themselves. But I think that we had a lucky team this year. We had a great team going and everyone wanted to do well. And I think that everyone should be proud of themselves at who swam this meet um, for, for Bates and even Nescacs. And I think that no matter what happens to you, you can get through it in your season and you will end up doing well even if you don't think you can and just trust yourself and trust the process so great well abigail gibbons our female bobcat of the week now a nine-time all-american thank you so much for joining us on the bobcast really appreciate it thank you so much i appreciate it
The baseball team swept Brandeis in a doubleheader on Saturday, improving to 6-2 and two on the season, the program's best start since 2012. Junior Chris Simino continued his impressive start to the season, going 4-for-8 with two runs scored and five driven in. He is hitting a team leading 407, and the former walk-on joins the Bobcast to tell us more about his and the team's success. Happy to be joined by Chris Simino here on the Bobcast, talking some Bates baseball. And Chris, strong start to the season for the Bobcats, um, off to a 6-2 and two start. In your mind, what's been some of the keys to the team's success so far? Yeah, I mean, we're off to a great start. I think we've all been working very hard since the fall. Pitchers, hitters, uh, a lot of credit, too, to our new assistant coach, Mike LaFlame. It's completely changed our offense in terms of running the bases, uh, new approach at the plate. And then uh, Coach Martin has done a great job with the pitchers. Uh, they've, they've looked great so far. Great. And for you personally, obviously, you know, you're a junior. Last year as a sophomore, it was your first kind of full season, right, of, of college baseball. You had that a cup of coffee, if you will, your first year. But uh, what was the – I mean, you have found some instant success. What's been some of the keys to your hitting uh, so far, Um, you know, in your time at Bates? Yeah, I mean, I think when I came in my freshman year, uh, I wasn't nearly the hitter that I am now. I, I get a lot of credit to the to the pitchers on our team. Facing them at live at-bats has been easily the most valuable thing for me to progress as a hitter. Um, and I, I mean, just taking a, a, a different approach, two strike approach. We've really stressed that this year, trying to put the ball in play. Uh, a lot of good things happen when you put the ball in play. So I think that's one of the biggest things for me. And then being patient at the plate. Uh, sometimes I can, I can get a little too aggressive. I think that happened a little bit last year, uh, sort of in the middle of the season. Uh, but I, th I think for all of us, that, that new approach being patient, you know, we have, we have a good two strike approach now. So I, I think that's been a big progression for us. Great. And then you're from Maine. You went to Chevrolet High School. So tell us how you ended up uh, coming to Bates. What um, appealed to you about the college? Yeah, so I, I knew I wanted to stay close to home and pro probably play Division three baseball. I wasn't I wasn't really recruited by by much of anyone. I applied to another school early decision, knowing I would be on the team if I got in, but I didn't. And I was narrowed down to a few schools and ended up coming to Bates. And thankfully, Coach Martin gave me a shot to try out uh, in the fall of my first year and uh, I can't thank him and the coaching staff enough for giving me a chance. Okay. So you had to really like try out and kind of earn a spot. So what was that process like? Yeah, I came in with a few other guys. Uh, Noah Ackerman is the other one on the team that, that ended up on the team uh, walking on and uh, coach Martin and coach Dashler who were here uh, let, let us know that they would give us a chance. We would get to practice with the team in the fall. You know, we got to use the facility, all that stuff. So I mean, I, I just tried to use an opportunity to get better. I, I wasn't really expecting much, but we were we were lucky enough to make the team. I think uh, maybe the numbers uh, shortage, it was a good, it was a good, we were lucky that that was the year we came in and it worked out. So everything happens for a reason. Yeah, certainly. And then um, you played some second base, you played some third base. Um, what position, you know, what did you play in high school and how have you adjusted maybe the different positions here in college? Yeah, I've, I've mostly played third base uh, most of my life. I played little shortstop in high school but uh the adjustment over to second was uh was, was fine I think I, I'm, I'm comfortable on the field as long as I'm not in the outfield <laughs> so uh the adjustment to second wasn't too bad and then back to third so far this year uh, hasn't you know I haven't been I don't think at the top of my game defensively but a lot of season left but yeah I would say third is my uh the position I'm most comfortable at great and then kind of growing up what made baseball your favorite sport perhaps yeah, I would I would definitely uh, credit my parents with that, both my mom and my dad, uh, whether it's always having the Red Sox game on the TV or just going out playing wiffle ball, 
even my my grandparents, whether you know, throwing me the wiffle ball, taking me to the cages. Uh, I I credit my family with that for sure. And then watching a ton of baseball on TV, uh, as many Red Sox games as I can, growing up still to to this day. So uh, yeah, that's what I'd say for that. One of the challenges being a baseball team here in Maine, obviously, and being a Mainer, you would know, is obviously, you know, the weather. You don't get onto the field necessarily until a little bit later in the spring than other teams. So how have you addressed kind of that from your perspective in terms of the challenge of, you know, maybe not getting as much time on the dirt, if you will, as as, as other teams perhaps? Yeah, as uh, Coach Martin tells us all the time, uh, we have to – it's adapt or die. And uh, we've we've adapted. We've we've made the most of our opportunities on Garcelon and the Gray Cage uh, – and I mean, we the, for the most most of the early part of the season, we're playing our games on turf. So, Garcelon's perfect for going out and taking defense. And then, you know, we go in the gray cage. And even when we take live at bats, if you can hit in the if you can hit in the gray cage and live at bats, you can hit anywhere. Uh, white background, kind of tough to see, but we we've adapted. Uh, it's only made our hitters better, and uh, it's really grateful for the spaces that we have. Yeah, certainly. And this being your, kind of your second full year um, on the team. What were some things you learned maybe from last season's experience? Because obviously, you know, it was sort of a tough year for the Bobcats, but clearly the whole team has, you know, flipped a switch a little bit this year. But what were some, you know, takeaways from last season about what it takes to succeed, you know, with NESCAC play coming up? Yeah. Uh, yeah, last year obviously was a tough year. I, I think what we're doing so far, uh, and obviously we still have some more games before conference play, but kind of gaining momentum going into conference play. So we have we have some more confidence heading into those games. We're going to play some good teams in conference, out of conference this weekend. Uh, and not just not getting down after one game. I think an example of that is when we went to RPI, we we got smoked in that first game. Uh, their their hitters did a great job. You know, they're they're pitching. They were throwing strikes. They were tough to hit. And uh, you know, the captains, the coaching staff, they they were really clear on what we needed to do to just kind of flush that game. And and we did. And I'm not sure we would have done that last year. So I think that speaks a lot to the character of this team. And hopefully, we can continue. I want to ask you about a podcast that you uh, host, right? You yeah. work with the, uh, your teammates there, uh, Dylan Asagrante and, and Luke Linehan, on a podcast for the Bates student, um, Straight Out of the Lou. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So uh, while we were sitting in our dorm rooms our freshman year, not really able to do anything else, we just, we decided to start a podcast. And, you know, it started on YouTube. You know, we'd be getting two or three viewers, really uh, not much there, but we were able to get on the radio station here at Bates and we do that once a week. We've been doing that for a couple of years now. So that's a great opportunity for us. And then the Bates student, we got connected with them last fall. We've been writing for them, just short little columns here and there. Uh, just, you know, that's something to add on the resume, but it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a good, it's a good break from school and everything else during the week. Uh, and uh, they're great with it, Dylan and Luke. Great. And sports media is something you're interested in then. Is that right? Yeah. 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 I, w- I would say so. Possibly, possibly after college, uh, maybe maybe further down the line, but yeah. Certainly, and uh, you're a left-handed hitter up there at the plate. Um, are you naturally left-handed, um, is, or is that something you had to work with at, at, for baseball? I know some players try to become a left-handed hitter even if they're not natural lefties. Yeah, I'm a I, I'm definitely a natural left-handed hitter. I I uh, started throwing the ball left-handed too when I was really young, but hmm. I ended up throwing right-handed. Good thing, or else I'd probably be in the outfield where I'm not comfortable. So I, I'm. A, natural lefty and 
good good that I am. I'm not a, not a huge fan of uh, the lefty on lefty, so I can't imagine going righty on righty all the time. Yeah, certainly. And then you mentioned the games coming up. Um, you've got some games this week. You're at Dean on Thursday, at MIT on Friday, so and at Coast Guard Academy on Saturday. So a busy week for you guys. Uh, what are your thoughts on these games coming up in terms of the final few games before you get into NESCAC play here? Yeah, it's a good opportunity to try and build some momentum against some good teams. Uh, you know, MIT is is going to be very good. Coast Guard is going to be good. Dean will be a solid team for us to play. And also playing on more dirt fields, like you were saying. We've, the only dirt field we've played on so far is Brandeis. And obviously we're going to be out on, well, hopefully we're going to be out on Leahy soon. Uh, snow looks like it's cleared off today. And then uh, Bowden also is a turf, uh, dirt field. So I, I think that's a huge part of it as well, Dean and MIT being dirt fields. Great. Well, any other thoughts you wanted to share on the season so far? Maybe we haven't got to talk about yet. I know you're a position player, but obviously the pitching's been great too for you guys, right? Yeah, the pitching's been great. Uh, I have to credit Coach Martin and some of the juniors and seniors for uh, helping all the underclassmen and themselves work really hard in the offseason. I, I think our leaders as a whole, uh, you know, our two captains, Tyler Tall and John Nowak, have done a great job since really since we got to school in the fall. And there's a lot of other seniors too. Like Henry Jamison has been – instrumental with the infielders we would get out there in the fall a few times a week taking ground balls and i we, we've played good defense so far this year i think that's helped us uh so our, so our leadership has been really good this year great well chris thank you so much for joining us on the bobcast really appreciate it yeah thanks for having me both tennis teams had a strong week with the men defeating nationally ranked mit six to three and women's tennis winning a pair of matches defeating mount holyoke nine love on wednesday and following that up with a 6-3 win over nationally ranked Wellesley on Saturday. Junior Allie Friedman continues to thrive at number one doubles and number one singles for Bates, going to combine 4-0 on the week, including the clinching victory against Wellesley. Well, Allie, a very strong week for the women's tennis team. You had the clinching win, I believe, against uh, Wellesley in that 6-3 victory most recently on Saturday. Uh, take us through uh, that match. I was three-setter for you, right? Yeah, it was. So that was a pretty... Uh tough match because um we've been playing a lot of tennis so it's really exciting because we've been having a lot of close matches with a bunch of teams and like the team dynamic is great and everyone's intensity is great um but we're also all a little tired so um going into the match it was right after doubles uh, Joanna and I won doubles and then we went went into singles and um I won the first set I was having a little bit of arm issues um be just because of all the tennis I've been playing. So my arm wasn't feeling too great. Um, so I kind of had to like figure out how to, um, you know, win points quicker so that I, you know, could try to end the match as fast as possible because I wasn't feeling a hundred percent. So the first set I won um, uh, seven, five, and it was a super tight first set. It was just like, we were basically just holding our serve and very tight, very intense. Um, and I had to call the trainer after the first set just because I wasn't feeling great in my arm. And um, I called the trainer and he came out and the second set went a little, it was a little tough for me to kind of stick it out and stay um, completely focused because I was in pain. Um, but then in that third set, I, I had a quick little, uh, you know, meeting with coach and quick pep talk. And I went out and like, I saw my teammates cheering for me and I completely just like, it was like a whole nother mode. I just was able to like separate myself from the pain and just like completely grind and go out there and win it for my teammates. And um, it was honestly like 
the best feeling in the world because like um I I've never been like the clinching match before mm. because um so, like just to how the um like the order of the matches go on um normally mine doesn't end last except for like this past season I've had a lot of matches like that but um so being that last match and or or at least the clinching match and like having my teammates like run onto the court was just absolutely incredible yeah I saw they captured that on Instagram and so that's yeah that's <laughs> to have right <laughs> yeah and then what's it like been teaming up with Joanna Atwater at number one doubles um you got some wins against some elite opponents I mean this has been a really good year for you two so far what's been clicking Oh, it's amazing. I, I mean, she's one of my closest friends um, here and our chemistry on the court and off the court is just so good. And because we're such good friends, we're able to like completely talk to each other and hold each other accountable. And also just like when I'm frustrated about something, she's able to sort of switch my mood and make me feel better and vice versa. So we really get each other and we just are able to motivate each other and get to the same level. So like we're very good at matching each other's energy and like we know exactly what the other person needs in order to stay focused. And if we're a little anxious because of pressure, like we have a couple like keywords to get us out of it. And I'm just having the best time ever playing with her. Um, it's so much fun. And I'm so excited for the rest of the season because I it's it's really it's really cool. We're we really click and I think we're capable of a lot of a lot of damage. So <laughs> It's exciting. Excellent. Well, I, I know we talked about this in the past on the Bobcast uh, a few years back, actually. But uh, in 2018, when you were in high school, you founded The Ball, which is Tennis Health Empowerment Building Athletes Lifetime Lessons. And it's a program designed to teach girls um, basically about health empowerment, mindfulness and other skills using tennis. Um, now, a few years later, you're a junior. So where is that program right now? What are some next steps for you? Yeah, so um, I talked. Yeah, I talked to you freshman year and things were really, the momentum was super high for my organization. And I tried to maintain it throughout college, um, but I did have to sort of step aside a little bit in the fact of like teaching the girls in person, because obviously I am now in Maine and like, I just had to focus on tennis and getting the academic backing I wanted, wanted so that I could really take the program to the next level after college. Um, so now I, like, I still have my mentors from the Billie Jean King Foundation and beyond sport. And I'm also very interested in becoming a sports psychologist now as well. Um, so I'm sort of just getting that academic background and getting these different um, internships and sort of different things that are going to help me in the future um, with bringing that organization back to life. And I'm thinking of um, actually bringing it to Bates next fall, which I'm super excited for. Um, COVID, I was thinking of doing it in the past, but because of COVID, uh, it wasn't really a possibility, um, especially to do it in person. So I'm thinking next year is the year I can bring it, which is super, super exciting. Um, and I just think Bates is the per perfect place, perfect atmosphere for it. Yeah, excellent. What do you think I kind of entail having it here right here on campus? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was thinking of using um, Merrill, of course, and yeah. hopefully in the uh, hopefully in the fall, the weather is nice for a long period of time so that I can use um, Wallach because Wallach is just an incredible facility. And I did it um, in the past at my tennis academy, and I just had like a, a few of my um, the other people training with me. They kind of helped out and I would just reach out to I'm actually uh, my CEL placement right now for my 
developmental psychology class is in a third grade classroom at Geiger. And okay. I think I would just reach out to Geiger again and ask for suggestions of girls um, between the ages of seven and 12 who would benefit from an organization that taught empowerment through sport and in specific tennis. So I kind of would probably ask some of my teammates next year if they would have like an hour here and there um, once a week or, you know, a couple times a month where they could help out. But I think it will be a great time. And I think it would just be a lot of fun for the girls and everyone involved. Excellent. Well, going back to the uh, tennis court um, here at Bates, I mean, you obviously the team has won two straight matches. You don't play this Saturday, so you actually do have some time uh, before your next match, which will be uh, uh, Saturday, April 1st at Hamilton. So some road matches coming up, but uh, I sounds like this is a much-needed uh, time off, at least for matches, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think, um, I mean, I'm so excited because this season, the energy is so good. Um, everyone on the team, we're all so excited. We're all just working so hard and like seeing results and it's super super exciting um so honestly like yeah my body's probably thankful that we have a little bit of time off but like I cannot wait until Hamilton and Amherst like I think it's gonna be awesome but it is so nice having matches at home this year it's because last year um mm. we had the schedule was completely flipped so we had most of our matches away and it's just it's amazing having that home court advantage and being in Merrill and just like when the energy gets up, it gets so high and it's just an amazing atmosphere. Excellent. Well, any other thoughts you wanted to share on the season so far we haven't got to talk about, obviously with the meat of the NESCAC schedule starting in April here. Honestly, I think everything's just been great. It's been a really, uh, after the Florida trip, the Florida trip was really great and we're all performing really well. We all worked really hard during investment season. So everyone's ready and the NESCAC matches are going really well and I'm excited the team the team is looking great so it's really cool excellent Allie thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcats really appreciate it yeah thank you so much for having me the women's lacrosse team earned a pair of non-conference wins last week with a 15-9 victory at St. Joseph's College of Maine on Monday and a 14-7 home win over Plymouth State the Bobcats fell in a close contest at Amherst on Saturday with sophomore Caroline Taggart continues to have a terrific season, sporting 17 goals and seven assists through eight games for the four and four Bobcats. Well, Caroline, first of all, um, first time I think we've had you on the Bobcast. So take me back to when you were in high school looking for colleges. What made Bates the place for you? Yeah, so I went to boarding school. So I went to school in Concord, New Hampshire at St. Paul's. Um, and I'd always hoped to play lacrosse in college. Um, just was kind of looking at NESCACs. I love the D3 balance. Um, and Bates just has great community. And I think the lacrosse aspect, big focus on community and family um, at Bates. And I think I really felt that meeting the team and meeting the coaches. I think we really prioritize having a really strong team balance and a strong like sense of community on our team. And that really translates off the field as well. And I think that's a huge part of Bates and why I wanted to come here. Great. And then this past week, you had some big games. You've got a bunch of goals so far this year for the Bobcats. So what what's opened up for you on the attack there? Yeah, I think we're starting to this year, especially it's um, our head coach's second year. So she's now our attacking coach this year. And she's really started to bring our attack together. We have great new plays and stuff. And people are starting to kind of find spaces on attack that they really like, whether that's the elbow in the 
12 or it's low or high and kind of if they're a cutter, feeder, driver, stuff like that. So I think we've all kind of started to find places on the field that we really like. And then on the other end of that, people are seeing where other people like to play and kind of using that to isolate everyone's strengths, which has been really good. Great. And you mentioned, obviously, you were looking to play lacrosse in college. Uh, how did you first start playing lacrosse? Take us back even further, perhaps. Um, yeah, so I think probably second or third grade. I just moved to a new school and some a teacher, I think, was like, you should try lacrosse. Like, I'm left-handed. And so that's definitely not a lot of lefties in lacrosse. So she's like, this could be really good for you. Um, and I obviously had no idea what that meant when I was in second grade, but it's just so much fun. And then I wanted to ask you about this. I didn't get a chance during the winter sports season, but you also tried your hand at a different sport here at Bates this winter, joining the women's squash team. Tell us about that experience and how that happened. Yeah, so I actually played squash in high school. I started for the first time at St. Paul's and squash is just so much fun. Like it's awesome um, getting out on court. And I think the stakes are definitely were lower for me and just not having played so as competitively and for as long. But um, my lacrosse coach, Renee, is actually friends with coach rye the squash coach and she he needed a couple more players this past year and she said i actually have someone on my team who played in high school i can get in touch with her and i was obviously eager to play on the team at Bates, and that was definitely such a great experience and actually had a lot of parallels to my lacrosse um just the eye-hand coordination the fitness stuff like that outside it was great to have another sport in the offseason i think it really prepared me for lacrosse yeah, what was it like getting thrown into collegiate squash and playing, you know, some of the best players in the country kind of after having not played since high school, right? It was really definitely an adjustment. It was at first just kind of comical because, you know, you're playing like Georgetown and Ivy League schools and stuff like that. And I mean, you're just it's crazy that it's all Division One. Um, but it was honestly, I feel like I grew a lot. It was great. Also, Bates has some really competitive and awesome players on our team. So it was super fun to just learn from them and like, those little moments of being on court with people who are competing at the national level and having success is really inspiring and super fun. So for the team right now, um, obviously I'm looking for that NESCAC first NESCAC win here, moving forward, kind of what's uh, some goals you have in terms of getting that, you know, getting on the board in terms of that, cause you've had a lot of success in non-conference play, obviously. Yeah. So definitely the NESCAC is always a bit tougher, a lot of competition. I mean, Middlebury and Tufts compete, they competed at NCAAs last year in the championship. So definitely kind of looking to just, we got to hone in on the little things. We've really been focusing on fundamentals this past week um, and kind of just stepping up on both ends of the field. Um, the defense in particular has really stepped up this season. They've been playing great um, lockdown, a lot of cause turnovers. So hoping on attack, we can just kind of step it up and just finishing on some of those shots a little more. And kind of just once we put everything together as a team, I think, we're definitely getting really close. And when it clicks, everything is going to be just so much different. And I think we have some definitely really competitive games in the NESCAC towards the end of the season that we're looking to convert on. Yeah. And you mentioned, obviously, you're a sophomore. This is Renee, Coach Renee's second year as head coach. So how have you seen, you know, kind of her leadership in terms of, you know, the program going from year one to year two here? Yeah, it's definitely had an impact, um, especially with having Coach Shu this year as our, um, to her first year. And she's our defensive coach. I mean, there's definitely a new level of intensity. Um, we're working a lot harder our off season. We've been conditioning a lot, working on obviously um, kind of how we can just build our stick skills, conditioning, stuff like that, uh, and kind of more tangible goals, like winning certain things and kind of where we need to be if we want to beat these higher level teams and ultimately make NESCAC playoffs and get into that tournament would be really definitely a great goal that um, Coach Renee and Coach Shu definitely have their eyes on. 
And I think our whole team is really starting to buy into that. Terrific. Well, your thoughts you wanted to share on the season so far? We haven't got to talk about anything. Just really looking forward to it. We got some great potential on both ends, especially the freshman class is really stepping up. Um, they have a lot of great skill. And I think we're really looking forward to, as we get into this NESCAC play in the second half of our season, hopefully some success. Sounds good. Caroline, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. The spring season is here for Bates Rowing. The Bobcat women and men travel to New Jersey this weekend to square off with Ivy League Bo Columbia. Plus, the women will also race Buck now. Head coach Peter Steenstra previews the season. Coach, uh, getting on the water here this Saturday as the men are taking on the Columbia Lightweights and the women are racing both Columbia and Bucknell. Tell us about uh, this matchup headed down to uh, Leonia, New Jersey. <laughs> um, well, it's a mystery to all of us, honestly. <laughs> what I can tell you is as far as on the men's side, you know, you're looking at the, the reigning uh, lightweight D1 national champions there. Uh, they, they ended up winning the IRA in very, very impressive fashion. So that, that's clearly a seasoned program, uh, very well coached. They're, they're at the top of Division One lightweight rowing. So us lining up with them is um, partly an opportunity just because we needed to – we have this this break now, that which we didn't have prior to COVID, and so we want to take advantage of these days as much as we can. Um, so we – we got to try to drive someplace that's going to get us far enough that there's there's guaranteed to be water. Um, so we we found this, and I, I know the head coach there pretty well, so he was open to it, and and that's what started the whole thing. So us being able to go down there on a buoyed course, a protected body of water, so um, it it was it's like a a pretty good risk on our part to go down there and do it. And luckily they had the weekend open, and and uh, they're happy to have us come down and nip at their heels, hopefully. Um, on the women's side, you know, the Columbia women are sort of on a on a on a rebound, I would say. They they have a they have a good coach that's there. They also have Tom Terhar, who's who's the, the director of rowing, but he he's the uh world class coach that led the uh United States women to three Olympic gold medals in a row. So having him there is a really big deal for that operation. And, and clearly it's going to make, it's going to impact that, that program. So I think now is our chance for, for our women to be able to line up against them and maybe, maybe be able to hang out with them for a little bit on the race course. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really just meant to get very good competition, appropriate competition for us very early in the season and get uh, what's going to end up being four sessions on the water. Because we can, we're going down Thursday, and we'll get there late at night, and then we'll have two, like back to back, short sessions, practice sessions on Friday. Get out on the water, just kind of get some of those kinks off, some of the rust off since being down in Florida, um, and then be able to do what's essentially two racing sessions on Saturday. You know, so that that should be pretty good. Great. How many boats are you taking? We're taking six eights total, three men, three women. Um, it's mostly because that's exactly what fits on a bus. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> 54 people, which works out really well. Uh, and that leaves a, a seat for uh, for Coach Abarbanel. <laughs> She's got a spot in the bus. 
<laughs> Excellent. So, um, you know, looking at the schedule this year, um, you know, in terms of, you know, what are you looking forward to, I guess, kind of before we get into like the championship season in May, what are some things that, uh, you know, we, we should be highlighting to kind of look out for with the team? Because obviously you'll be, you know, traveling mostly to Massachusetts, but to take on some different crews throughout the spring, right? Yeah, taking on a bunch of different people, but obviously on the men's side, we, we're going to see a lot of lightweight programs at the beginning. Um, look, when, when I set the schedule, it, it's all about where can we get to within a reasonable time frame and who's going to have water. And so that's why we end up going to the basin there in the, on the Charles for a few rounds early on, because um, we know that they're almost guaranteed to have water and it's it's usually rollable. So um we're gonna see the harvard guys again which has become sort of an annual race for this group harvard and, and then boston college is a club so that's our usual um, the new one there is the mit lightweight guys uh, we'll see the mit heavies later on in the month um, and that's kind of the more direct and appropriate test for us but i think that especially very early in april the mit lightweights are going to be a good a good test uh, just because that's again a well-coached program uh, with a, a, uni a university that's putting a little more effort into their sports in general I would say but you know they've had a major uh, improvement to their boathouse there at MIT so I'm sure that that's attracting some attention um, and sort of probably some expectation as well so yeah it's, it's a good start you know sure we're racing on the men's side we're racing three programs that we're not going to see again and uh you know the comparisons don't mean a whole lot to the rest of the world i suppose but it's just it's testing our guys with the best possible competition that we can um and then it also kind of keeps the risk low right we don't want to we don't want to put ourselves kind of behind the eight ball early in the season and have to have these like you know do or die situations leading into championship stuff but yeah, this is a, it's a real good setup to start with. And, you know, I'll, I'll go right into the women's side of things too, because it's, it's our usual operation of seeing uh, Simmons there on April 1st, mm -hmm. followed by the BU lightweight uh, women the next day. So a back-to-back -back Saturday, Sunday racing. Um, and again, uh, it allows for us to get a little extra time on the water right after uh, racing on Saturday, we can stay and get, a really big long cool down done after the after that race and that prepares us for the next day but it also just it gets us strokes gets us time on the water and we might get lucky we might actually be putting the docks in when we come back from from columbia but um you never know it could also yeah it could be another it could be three more weeks it's always it's been like that before so when we're scheduling these things we're looking at uh, how do we get our our athletes some time on the water Sure. And then, you know, based on what you saw in the fall, uh, who were, you know, give us an idea of some of these boats, you know, some of the crew members and maybe new people in the first varsity eight returnees that we should watch out for. Kind of, I know it's obviously all one unit, but there are going to be changes every year, obviously. There are. Um, I don't want to re reveal too much, in here, <laughs> I suppose, but uh, there's the one that's pretty obvious, I think, and, and, uh, is that on the men's side, the varsity eight has a really young group, you know, and not only are they a young group, but I've put them in some, uh, some more, some important roles, right? Being in the stern three, I've got three first years down there. Mm. 
So having those guys down in the uh, stroke pair and then the six seat, that that's a that's a tall order. You know, it, it's a it's a position. Those are three positions where there's a great deal of expectation and pressure put on them. And um, you know, I'm gonna we're doing it because I think these guys can handle it. They're good athletes, um, naturally good athletes, and um, they they want to work hard. Um, but I think mostly what's what they like is racing. So let, let's put the people who really like to race into that position to really race. And then let's let's see how they do. Great. So so some rookies in the one be interesting. So some rookies. Yeah. That's exciting, though, certainly. Um, and then uh, how about on the women's side? What's, what's the composition of the one B and two B looking like? Is there a lot of competition for you know those spots? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's it's much deeper than the on those two boats there's no question i mean the entire third varsity eight is kind of uh nipping at the heels of that second varsity eight um sure we we have this v16 and we have a pretty good idea of what that top eight looks like um and i think things are fairly clear but they've also been working since we were in florida and some people have um you know unfortunately we've had the we suffered a couple injuries and and so we've got some people that are going to be out for this this weekend um but it's you know there's no question that everything is kind of looking like they're they're heading in the right direction as a group all together and it's a very positive atmosphere throughout i think um and that's that doesn't come without a little bit of work mind you we had to we had to get through some bumpy spots there in florida and then and then after florida but you know we've done uh, we've done what we can with them to get to this point, and I think that they've done a lot of work uh, on their own, and then also within you know within the family that is a, a a big rowing team. They've been working together to try to create that that atmosphere that results in a good culture. Yeah, because I'm looking at like last year's first varsity eight for the women. I feel like you graduate only two seniors, right? So you have a lot of returnees. Yeah, Kinder and Marotta. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we have a lot of returning people, uh, but we also have an entire second eight, right, that that went down there and, and won that uh, NCAA race and said, hey, uh, look at me. Here we yeah. go. So they're and, you know, they've been working. So they're excited to to compete, compete for some seats. Great. Tell us about your captains. Uh, captains. Do we have captains? No, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Mickey, Mickey Mikulski there. Maeve, I guess is her actual name. Mickey, we call her. Um, she's doing a really good job um, as a captain. She's she's out for this weekend because she's suffering a bit of a um, injury that she's dealing with, and so we're gonna we're gonna make sure we prioritize things in the right spot for her. Um, take some of that pressure off, and and you know, which she's putting a lot on herself as it is. Um, and Casey Winter who has um, been a rock star for the team for quite some time and continues to be. And um, I think that her leadership skills are um, just one of the big pieces of the puzzle to make her who she is. And that's on the women's side. On the men's side, you have Timothy Bates and uh, Benjamin McDonald as your two captains. What about them? Make them such strong leaders. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I'll start with, with BMAC then. Um, he's, he's always been very much that guy that's very steady from start to finish. Um, 
I know this sounds kind of weird to say, but he, he has a really great laugh to begin with. So he knows how to break the ice with a whole room full of people. He gets along well with everybody. He can also flip that switch and say, all right, let's, let's all be serious now for a second. He can do that pretty quickly, uh, but he's just a good, he's a well thought out guy, an extremely good athlete um, on the smaller side. So he's like a natural lightweight um, as it is, uh, but he's, currently sitting in the bow seat of the one V. So he's holding his own there with the, with the big boys. Um, and, and uh, Timmy, you know, has done a tremendous amount of growth over the three and a half years that he's uh, been here at Bates. And I think the biggest thing most recently has been, you know, the, the team respects him quite a bit. And so that's why they elected him into that position of captain. And from that, he really put on like, you know, the badge, right? He, he really took on the role big time, um, not just with training and leading his team, but his communication with the coaches has really found a new level. So it, it, it's been great to see those guys. They're already friends, but to see them work together and, and see what it takes to actually be leaders of a program like this has been good, especially when you consider that there's only four seniors total between the two of them and then, uh, uh, Aiden Braithwaite or Brady as we call him and then uh, Marchman, Sam Marchman right so there's only four seniors total on the men's side um, and that's that's a really it's a tall order to bring a whole group of first years and, and sophomores into the fold and let them understand what it actually takes to be not just a rower for this program but a varsity athlete and a college student right or a college adult as we like to say so they're doing a good, good job. Excellent. Well, any other thoughts you wanted to share on the upcoming rowing season we haven't got to talk about yet? No, other than uh, the other thing we're looking out for is is our class of 15 superstar, Jenna Armstrong. She's got that big race coming up on uh, the 26th out there in, in uh, sunny England. So, you know, we wish her and her teammates the very best of luck, and, and we look forward to being able to watch that. at I think it's going to be 11 o'clock Eastern time, if I'm not mistaken is when her race will be, but um, we, we couldn't be more proud. I'm so impressed with all that she's done. And, and to do that as, 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 as a medical student taking a break from medical school to do a PhD at Cambridge and then race in the boat race is just amazing. Makes me yeah. really feel like I'm underachieving. <laughs> <laughs> and we had Jenna, of course, on last week's Bobcast. Yeah. Check yeah. that out. Of course. So. Yeah. Very impressive person, yeah. All right, well, Peter, thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to the rowing season getting underway here in the spring uh, this Saturday. Great. Thanks, Aaron. The softball team is currently off to a 4-2 and two start to their annual Florida trip. We'll have a full recap when they return next week right here on the Bobcast. Meanwhile, men's lacrosse hosts Middlebury this Saturday looking for their first win of the young season. And men's tennis is home against Skidmore. Check out GoBatesBobcats.com for the complete schedule. And we'll catch you next time on the Bates Bobcast.